guys. Um, thank you for coming. Welcome to part three of our episode, the group discussion. Today we'll give a group of our friends the chance to talk about a few of the topics we spoke about earlier in our episode. So uh, guys, feel free to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Nicole. Um, I love making accents and I love giving different perspectives. And that's pretty much me. Hi, I'm Archie, I'm 22. Um, I like, I'm just, give, I get very passionate about stuff. I get really into stuff and I feel like one of the things I get really into is just video games can be competitive and I kind of want to just like go professional and like have that big stage, kind of just like share God's ministry and talk about like depression, anxiety, and mental health and kind of like try to help people out by being like a big brother. Mm. I'm uh, Jude, I am 20 and uh, I love art, I love um, writing. And that's kind of my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Fabrice. I'm 22, a college student, and uh, I just love pursuing truth wherever it is, uh, poetry and art. You know, just any new perspective that kind of broadens, you know, my perspective. I just invite it, and I love it so much. So yeah, that's me. Hey guys, I'm Jordan. Um, I guess I just love to be alive. I feel like there's just so many good reasons to be alive. Um, I just love to explore art and science. I love to make it sometimes, to make my own theories, um, and to discover all other people's theories, you know, and discover more and more about the world. I just think there's just so many cool things to discover in the world, you know, through art, you know. Yeah. Beauty and truth, there's just, there's really no end to it, you know. So yeah, that, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think we can jump right into it, guys. So, the first question um, for everyone is, how do you experience God personally? I think I can kick this off. Um, I think personally, one of the things that helps me experience God in a real and tangible manner is just digging deep in the Bible. I think, you know, it's it's kind of, um, you know, you hear it all the time, like, you want to know God, you know, read the Bible, but there is... Uh, there's, there's kind of a, a very tangible thing when you read the Bible and then you get to a, a scripture or a verse and then you understand and you're like, mm. oh, you know, I get it now. You know, I feel like I am connected to, I kind of, you know, that's the idea. When you understand, you're kind of more in tune with reality. And you're like, wow, you know, I see it. I get it, you know. And when you realize that truth, you know, um, you know, like I think for me, I grew up from a family that's very, you know, disciplinarian and that's how I see God and you know the way I've always experienced him is is someone who's a truth teller and someone who kind of gives reality who's the source of truth and reality and when I read that and it makes sense to me I'm like okay I see God you know I'm like I understand him I, I'm kind of in tune with him and that's how I experience God and I feel in touch with him yeah 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 I guess I can go ahead and go. Um, something that kind of helps me to like experience God personally is I'm a very vivid thinker and a very big thinker, and I think God kind of comes to me within my thoughts. And so a lot of times when I'm like in the shower just thinking, or I'm just in my bed and I'm really just thinking a lot, it feels like I live in my head and God is in my head. And a lot of my epiphanies come from just sitting down and just thinking and thinking about God and just thinking about different perspectives. And kind of something about myself is that I struggle with chronic depression and chronic anxiety. So a lot of times I live in my head and I always have like a little negative voice that always tells me like, 
bad things about myself. And God is kind of like that reinforcement in a sense of kind of like for all the negative things that like I tell myself, it feels like he's there fighting against it and telling me like you are worthy, you are there. And like the more I think and the more I visualize and I start to read, it feels like my own thoughts come out on the paper. It feels like my own thoughts are like supported through the reading in the Bible. And it's just really cool to like just have epiphanies and really just be like wow just that like that aha moment when you like think about an aspect of like god's character or an aspect of your relationship with god or thinking about like jesus or what the apostles did and being able to relate that to myself and relate that to the current world it's just like it's like amazing and like just more, just getting into one more thing real quick it's just i remember i had a dream it was when i started going to a depressive state and i had a dream that like jesus came back and in that dream, I felt so much happiness in my life that I've never felt before. That, like, I woke up disappointed. Like, just the, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, being with Jesus, being with God, being with this person who understands me more than anyone else in the world. Like, feeling alone my whole life and someone that perfectly knows me and made me the way I am. It's amazing. And I was just so entranced and so much joy and happiness. It felt like I literally was with God in my dream and in my mind and it like pushes me to like keep fighting Archie keep going keep doing this and keep spread the word of God it's so amazing to you everyone deserves to know it and I don't know I feel like that's kind of like for me it's just like my own thoughts just helping to relate to God or like connect to God yeah yeah thinking and like dreaming that's really cool thinking and dreaming I like that contemplation dreaming Mm -hmm. sitting in the silence and like letting the silence like abstract that or like I'm it's bring that out, yeah. Right, and I love the the, the way you use silence because it's kind of like, you know, like as an extrovert, I always feel the need for like there to be noise and background noise and like for people to be around and people to talk and like even just being in a car and like someone's not talking, I feel like am I doing something wrong? What's with the uncomfortable silence? But there is no uncomfortable silence with God, because I'm just so entranced in how such an amazing Lord we have, such an amazing Father that like that. I all my uncomfortable feelings and all my insecurities are gone because I know how he feels about me and I know it's true because I see it in the scripture and I see it in my life and it's like I want to be with that person more than anything in the world and it kind of just like talking more about depression like because of just thinking and thinking about it instead of saying I want to die it became I want to be with my creator and it became I don't want to die until God wants me to die but when I do it's going to be so amazing to be with that person that cares about me more than anything and just knows every intricacy of me and I feel like I'm repeating myself but it's just so great yeah it's so like, yeah, great yeah bro that's super cool like I feel like it's just like completely transformative you know like to like look at like death as not something that's like oh, I guess I'll die you know it's like or like man I want to die like as in like a as in a bad thing you know, like life is so bad I want to die and as if it's like I guess death is nothing mm-hmm. you know it's like the end but like whenever it sounds like from your perspective it's like life has become something like cool almost you know like, like it's weird. like a new beginning not like not like in some weird culty way but it's like when you think of death you don't you don't it's no longer you think of it as like this is the end you know like man like i'm, I'm glad for everything to come to an end you know it's like no you know there's something else that's gonna happen whenever i die and that's just cool and i'm excited in a way mm-hmm. you know um, in a weird way whenever you say it out loud but also right. in a really cool different way it's like literally it's like you're 
it's like that feeling of like when you see your best friend or if you have a close relationship like with a family member like a parent when you see that parent and you just love that person no matter how hard things get you care about that person and you just smile around them because you just enjoy their presence it's like i picture it and i thought about it like i magnify that times thousands and mm. that's the god we get mm. and and it became like why would i ever want anything else you know, even just looking at Ecclesiastes where he talks about like everything is meaningless and like he lists it off over and over and over. And it's like, I keep telling myself, I need the fancy BMW. I need the beautiful wife. I need my kids. I need my dog. I need a family. But like, even just the idea of just like being in a relationship, like I thought that's what I wanted. But then I kind of realized the relationship I want is to be with my father, yeah. to be with Jesus, to Daddy. to just be able to lean on them and just cry with them and just hug them and be with them. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's real. That's real. No, that's real. It's so, so, so deep and beautiful. Gonna, like, and then all you hear in the background is Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> like, next time I'm like deep in my thought, I'm just gonna be like, God is great, and then I'm just gonna hear Jordan be like, Yeah, yeah. God is Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. What do um? What do you guys think? Any of you guys want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful, man. Um, but answering just the question, how do you experience God personally? I think for me, I really struggle to physically feel uh, a overwhelming love for God. Sometimes, um, I'm a very like logical kind of thinker in terms of that. And for me, without him physically being there, it's very hard for me to connect with that. Um, yeah. So I always, for me, it's loving somebody or loving God or loving anything is a, is a decision. Um, and I was always taught that growing yeah. up, that love is a decision. Um, and even through my studies into becoming a disciple, um, I, that was something I had to really accept um, with myself and not feel guilty over not feeling this overwhelming love that every time I read a scripture, I didn't cry. <laughs> and I was like, why are you crying when other people would cry? But, um, not feeling guilty about that. Yeah. And so, um, for me, when I get like the closest to actually feeling some kind of physical, uh, feeling within my heart uh, of the love for God would be in nature. A hundred percent would be the times when I go outside, either when it's cold, like in the forest. And I mean like surrounded by nature, not mm. like, not like out on the street and there's a few trees. <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny tree. Yeah. Oh, there's blue bonnets right on the side of the Look road. at that. There's a puddle, you know, <laughs> like, no. I mean, I mean, like, absolutely surrounded by nature. For me, that's, like, that's my special place. Um, yeah. My family actually mentioned a word to me the other day. It's called, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, but who, uh, Huga or Huga, something like that. But it's, um, it's from an... I think it's like German or something from Europe kind yeah, of language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to whatever language that is. But it's a special word, and it, and it basically means, like, that special place or moment for you like the thing that makes you feel the the best and for some people it's sitting by a warm fire having their favorite snack or things like that for others it's just having a hug from their favorite person or your your hookah can be anything and for me mine is just being in nature in god's wonderful nature because that's where i really see his personality absolutely shine through as having a discussion with 
um, a sister the other day and I was explaining this to her about how um, God's contradictive yet wonderful and, uh, presence just completely makes sense when you're in nature. I mean, when we read the Bible and it talks about how God is quiet, he is a whisper, but he's also loud and he's also powerful, it doesn't really make sense to us. We're like, how is that possible? Like, how can those things be together? They're completely contradictive. But then you go out into nature and you, you sit in the rain and it's so peaceful. Um, to me, water is like the most calming thing ever. <laughs> and I love sitting out in the rain like an absolute weirdo as my neighbors drive by and stare at me suspiciously. We, we run in the rain. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we're all a bunch of weirdos here. You know? <laughs> um, but I love sitting in the rain and, li and just listening to it and feeling it. But then there's, you have that soft rain, but then you hear like, boom, like the loud sound of thunder and you see lightning stretch across the sky and it's like this moment of peace and silence just ripped through by a thing of lightning and thunder. And and um, they seem so separate, but in a storm, they're so together. And you can't wow. have one without, I mean, you can, but like <laughs> most of in a storm, like if you're thinking of an actual storm, you don't think of the two separately. Um, and that's, that's how God is. He is at power and he is at peace. And, um, and that's where I, that's where I see him the most is just being in nature and seeing his nature come to life with his nature, with yeah. his presence and personality. Um, it's evident. But yeah, that was a very roundabout way of saying nature is my nature. I love that. That was beautiful. Cause like, it's not just like. If you just said nature and then like that was it, that was That's the okay. end of it. You know? <laughs> it's it's so much more than nature, you know. It's mm -hmm. not just the word nature, but it's like your whole experience. You know? Yeah, the huga. Yeah. That's what it is. Huga is yeah. the ex overall experience. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing. It's the experience that you yeah. feel. And it's start, a special word. I'll start Beautiful. asking people like, "What's your huga?" You what's your huga? Like, like, like what? It's like when you say Google Maps, they're gonna be like, "What?" Dude, that that whole idea just yeah. reminded me. Of the Remos, which is like this solitary place, uh -huh. and then like silence, you know, with mm -hmm. so I don't know, just And I was also thinking about like the stones cry out, you know, you go out into this place, and like even something that is just simply inanimate reminds us of something that is animation in itself, God, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't, I don't know, just th that just kind of came to me. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Dude, I feel that. I, Amen. Yeah, because um, because I know I know you're into poetry, and I'm I'm really interested in asking this question. Like, for you, has poetry um, changed your relationship with God, or has it like strengthened it, or um, does does poetry in itself play a role in your relationship with God, or? Yeah, I um, think I don't know. I think for most, you know, I think for anyone, you know, like if you are a poet, if you are an artist, I think the anything anything you do really is is kind of touched with a little sense of of poetry of the drama i think like i i can pray but i think i i talk to god best in poetry because mm -hmm. poetry you can go the extra mile mm -hmm. you know i think mm -hmm. i think regular words are good but once once they have metaphors in them you know you can assign an emotion to it because you can tell somebody that you love them but you know there's always an even more beautiful way to say it. Yeah. Know? I think there's, you know, poetry has, has a sense of, okay, here are the words, you know, I understand them, but here's also an emotion behind them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I connect 
with God when when I'm writing poetry, you know, there's a there's an extra emotion added. There's I can go further, you know, I can go deeper. I can be, I can give even you know the rawest of my emotions because it's not just the words, but it's also the emotion behind them. Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of the, you know, ways poetry has like you know made me even have that like a deeper connection with God. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so good, bro. Feel that, man. Mm. But I want to go over that. I want to go over that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, that like for me like. I love that too, especially because like I've been getting into like poetry lately too. You know, me and Fabrice, we love to like trade poetry sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like ever since like getting a little bit more and more into poetry, I'm able to see like, man, God's a poet, you know? Yes. Like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. Like, um, sometimes like we read that the Bible is poetry, but like we don't always exactly know what that means or, or feel it, mm-hmm. you know? But as I've like made more poetry I'm starting to understand what a poem really is you know Mm -hmm. in the first place Um, I'm also studying it you know as I'm reading more books about you know poetry and also how the Bible makes poetry it's becoming more clear to me but especially by like creating it and making myself seeing God do that first you know before me you know seeing that do that in the way that he makes the Bible that's beautiful you know like like I can even to kind of go off of what Archie was saying, you know, like, like, it's like thinking about just having thoughts that kind of come to you sometimes, you know, just kind of like, just letting your mind go free. A lot of the times it's like in the shower, right? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's just like when you're working, you're driving home from work, it's like something hits your head and you just can't stop thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know? But I've, and you feel it and you want to like make something or you want to talk about it or you want to mm-hmm. like write it down, t- have a conversation. Um, if you're an engineer, maybe you'd want to build something. I don't know. Um, I'm sure you think about it like, um, like for a long time after that or even just during the whole ride home or in the shower the whole time. Um, my, friend, my friend Javi gave me like this journal because he knows I, I, I have so many thoughts in the shower. He gave me like a shower journal. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. My shower. It's like, bro, bro. Put, it in the sh- put it in the shower, man. I need to use that too. Yeah. <laughs> We're roommates. Yeah, we're roommates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, Joe. <laughs> like, just in case we're any of y'all listening. Yeah. We're roommates. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Well, that's, that's like, like so like, true for a waterproof, like, shower notebook. Like, you could just yeah. write your thoughts out. Or, like, oh. oh and my mind was just soggy. I was just like, why is this notebook wet? Oh, that's not so like, you try to write on it. Yeah. just... Like the shower just goes away because it's too wet. It's the shower journal. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, Why why is it? Yeah, there's no words. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's called a, not a sponsor, but I don't know if you really have to say that. But it's called Rocket Book, you know, the the thing that we use, the thing I use in the shower. It's a little notebook. Sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess I kind of say all that because, like, like, I love to do kind of like what you do too, like Archie. Like I just love to like think about like God's world, you know. Mm-hmm. And then even like you Nicole, like when I go into like God's creation, you know, like his nature, like I can see like that God is a poet, you know. Mm-hmm. I can see that God's a poet, you know. And I can also see God's nature literally in his nature. Like it's almost like nature in a way like is like God's shadow or like Mm. Or if God's like a light bulb, it's like the light shining from that light bulb. Nature yeah. is that whole, like all the light coming from it. 
mm-hmm. you know, and like you can see like the little like the you can see the hints of like God through like His creation. Um, yeah. And sure. to me, like that's like that's that's like something else, you know. It's like like um, I don't know. Just I guess in the same way that like sometimes like I create poetry, it's like every everything within the world around me is like that feeling that I had whenever. I was on the on the ride home. Everything that God made is like, like a, it is like one of those. You know, God mm-hmm. made the whole world, and it's all like His shower thought. You know, yeah, it's I'm like sure. this like inspired this this really amazing thing, and God just had to make the world. And you can see that like God put God loves detail. God loves what He's making. Um, and to me, I feel like I connect with Him so much through that. You know, and when I look into science, it's almost like poetry for me too. Because, like, I can see his nature, I can see his creation, I can see, like, him working like an engineer, you know, um, to create all these these things, but it's also, like, he's leaving, like, his little signature yeah. throughout all the different things you can look at in the world. Fingerprint. His fingerprint, you know, yeah. like, his, his whole face, you know. Like. Stamp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like every little, every little thing in the whole world, like, says, like, God, you know, but it also says God's awesome, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's like, I just kind of like feel God almost like everywhere, not even yeah. in like a new world way, but I feel like God's, God's just so present all the time everywhere that like, if you take a few different like avenues and explore them, you'll find God in all of them. But I also think you know? it's like, like all you see, like, yes, it's God, but I also think it's only a fraction of God. Oh, yeah. Like, the um kind of you were giving an, an analogy earlier and it made me think of i don't know if y'all have ever seen harry potter but there's this one scene where um actually i guess it's a couple of scenes but there's like a piece of a mirror um that harry has and it's part of another mirror but he can see like um it doesn't really matter but it's part of another mirror yeah, and yeah, and yeah. there it, it's this piece that he carries around and, and to me that's you know, kind of what the world is, kind of what nature is. Mm. It's like, it's just a little piece of the bigger mirror that is God. And, mm. and that bigger mirror is, we don't know how big it is. We can't tell how big it is by the small little fraction of a piece that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't fathom that. Yeah. It could be absolutely ginormous. And most definitely is, because it's God we're talking about. Um, but I just think that's so cool that what we see in nature is so powerful and could kill us in an instant. Let's be honest, <laughs> like lightning strike unalived real fast. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like that power is nothing. It's just a little fraction of the mirror yeah. compared to what God fully is. And I think that's what's stunning about nature and the world and that's how, and I think those that overwhelming power flows into poetry and flows into art yeah. and things like that, and that's why I too love art because it's art is more than just depicting what we see and um, what we feel, but an overwhel- like an overwhelming who guys wow honestly um, that over encompassing yeah. experience yeah. Um, the emotions the sound all at once. Um, and I think nature does a wonderful job at reflecting that as well. So, mm. yeah. I, I have a... Oh, wait. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm holding a thought. Yeah, I like yeah. 
recall yeah. spurred a lot of thoughts. In yeah. Okay. Okay, Let's go, guys. Yeah. From listening to Jordan and Nicole and this conversation, some of like the things we talk about, like God's grandness, His power, but also something a specific word Jordan used when he talked about the detail of it, and I just kind of thought about something. Like God is so grand, yet so detailed. Yeah, it's so specific. Like, yeah. just going into person, like personality. Like, we're talking about like, how do you experience yeah. God personally? Yeah, yeah. And when we think about personally, we think about like, oh, to me, mm-hmm. to one person. Like, mm-hmm. but the fact is, he's so grand and so powerful and so detailed that he can, we can relate to him each in a unique way with Fabrice yeah. through his reading, with Nicole through nature, through my thoughts, and even just Jordan kind of hitting on it, like the way he can kind of relate to like each kind of aspect of us in a sense but it's like he's able we're all able to relate to god in our own specific detailed mm. way mm-hmm. and like when we think of grand we don't think of detail right you think of when you think of big you just think of like wide you know you think of like texas it's it's big it's wide <laughs> you know when you think like a really texas. big book it's just big and wide. but a lot of times you don't think about the finite details the small things mm-hmm. and God always hits the small things yeah perfectly mm-hmm. in his relationship with us and also just even on that grand scale the fact that he's able to do that with everyone yeah it's immaculate yeah right like how do you yeah I, it's just like big and small at the same time it's like it's almost like it's like a conundrum like a like how do you do that it's like two polar opposites mm-hmm. and God's the only being that can do that yeah mm-hmm. yeah micro and macro Exactly. Like he hits both, but not only does he hit both, he hits it perfectly. Yeah. In such detail, and that's why I love that the word he used, detail, because yeah. that specifically spurred on that thought, and then mm-hmm. building off yeah. in the coast grandness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You go. Yeah, you go. I wanted to add on what Nicole was yeah. saying. You know, the the idea that you know, like you know, nature and and the beauty and the the artistry of God we see in nature, you know, it comes in pieces, right? And I was thinking about that and, you know, I just like, it kind of made me think about people, you know, like when you, you know, like um, in the previous podcast, we talk about specialization and how Mm -hmm. each person is kind of, you know, but, you know, I was thinking about this idea of how, you know, every time I talk to a person, like you're saying, you know, like personalities are so complex and so beautiful Mm -hmm. and each person is, infinitely beautiful and complex in their own way you know and i think about this idea okay look at all these characteristics that you know are intrinsic in people you know and you know and uh i was just thinking like you know as 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 people created in the image of god it's 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 incredible to think okay you know if people are so diverse you know and there is so many people and each one with their worries with their thoughts and with the just unique, unique personalities, you know, like if you put all that together, you know, God is so complex and so all-encompassing. It's so beautiful to think about, you know, because um, the idea of, of us having, you know, loving and, and desiring and, and having, you know, this inspiration to do art, it's mm-hmm. all kind of, you know, a reflection of God's character. But you all do it in such a different and specialized way, you know, each one... Each person has, a, each person has a, their own kind of, you know, way of doing it, and you know, I just think, you know, if each person is specialized in that way, and you know, we all come together, you know, like like a community, you know, like 
what we build is very tied into what God wants, tied into his character, because we bring our specialization and we mm. bring all this, you know, mm. and it's yeah. like, you know, these details of, 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 uh, of nature that come together to make a beautiful big picture, and together, you know, together, you know, multiple personalities coming together, we make such a beautiful, um, complex and very godlike community. Do you know what I'm getting? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I was yeah. thinking of like yeah. the image of God. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was as thinking of like, like yeah, as a community as a whole. As human beings, we're like a bunch of cops, and then like God is like, the, like God is like water or something, and, then, and we each like contain a piece of that, but then we all like coalesce and come together, and then yeah. God is represented through the coming together. But yeah, yeah, just yeah. the lake. Like yeah, yeah. yeah like we can yeah. see we can see God fully as a whole, like individually. Like it's really hard to represent him, but yeah. together we can bring each of our we can bring each of our you know shortcomings and and our strengths to kind of show that image of God, you know, to show His full glory. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, that's real. I, I and I was thinking earlier too. Um, two of the key words that um, I was thinking about was like logos and then midbar, because we we're talking about like we we're talking about like God and then like nature mirroring God. So yeah. I was thinking about how, like, Christ, who is God, is called the Logos, which is the word, and then I was thinking about the word for nature in Hebrew, which is, lo- which is a midbar, comes from the, and the root word for nature is devar, which is word. So, like, the midbar mm. mirrors the Logos in a way, or, like, the midbar mirrors the devar, like, the word, the, the, the principal thing that ordered creation in the world, and I was just like, I don't know, I thought that was fascinating. Because of how, like, in John, it talks about how, like, the word was there at the beginning of creation. The word was God. The word was with God. Yeah, that yeah. kind of idea. Yeah, and so like, nature is um, as a spoken order of a midbar or something. The wilderness nature, yeah. and nature, which encapsulates the word in it, phonologically, literally, shares a relationship to the word, ordering yeah. or something, speaking or something. It's like the word is, is like a. It's like the whole world is like a word that God spoke, you know, like an expression of art, you know, like a, it's like a single word God said, and then this whole universe that exists, you know, was in like a single word kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Um, Yeah. Um, I think we've all had like the chance to like share a lot of our thoughts on this one question. Um, so uh, I think um, for the sake of time, um, Fabrice had a really good question. I think it'd be really fun for us to answer that question um, as our closing question. Um, his question was, uh, do you think biblical truths are so tied into reality like science that if all Bibles were to disappear, um, would we still rediscover God's intent? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I think, I think uh, the kind of the the inspiration for that question is, is you know, um, in the previous podcast we were talking about how, you know, kind of seeking the truth is, and seeking God is, and is very scientific in a way because, you know, it's, you know, you're seeking out truth, you know, you're seeking out God's nature, you know, it's repetitive and it's, you know, it's, you, it's trial and error, you know, in a way, and, you know, I was thinking, okay, you know, if it's trial and error, if morality is is proven like like the Bible says you know um, like the the fruits of a of a of a tree you know kind of tells you what kind of tree it is and an orange tree you know 
gives oranges it doesn't give apples so in a way if that's true you know every sort of action and decision should prove you know um, fruitful in a good way or a bad way so by trial and error can humanity actually come back to the biblical truth without the bible or is the bible necessary because humans are so lost that in their pride there is no way we can kind of get back to the biblical truth and find God's intent. So that's kind of the spirit of the question. It's, it's cool because actually I had a conversation kind of similar to this recently, but it was more about morality. Yeah. It was kind of just like the sense of like God being ingrained. Mm. And it's like God's morality, God's like love and things like that being ingrained yeah. in us since birth. And they did this study where they took about like 10 kids and or like toddlers or so I can't remember the exact age but basically not really able to talk as much yeah. but able to like kind of perceive things mm-hmm. in a sense and basically what they did was they're like okay we're gonna have you choose between two toys right and we're gonna put down the two toys and then they choose at first right so they all had their each individual choice and then the second go around they took one of the animals and made it kind of like attack the other animal in a sense of like physical abuse like kind of like displaying violence and aggression and I can't remember if it was eight or nine of the ten babies chose the one that was being abused over the one that was violent and the ones that chose the violent one either they kept with it which was a small amount or most of them would change Wow! Yeah. it was like the fact that like they can't even be taught philosophy or ethics or morality or any of these higher concepts that we know yet they still have it ingrained in them from birth I, like, that kind of like goes into the answer mm. for me in a sense of like like that it is just naturally ingrained in us. And not only that, but I feel like even if you took all the Bibles away, God wants a relationship with us so much. Like <laughs> just seeing it from the way we answered the first question, that he would find a way mm-hmm. for us to connect to him, whether it's just in our intent, like our intrinsic morality or our intrinsic compass, or there'd be some way that we would be able to connect with God. And even just kind of like another conversation. Sorry, I'm like really getting into it. Like I really like that. We were talking about kind of like what happens like if you're in, you know, America before the colonizational period, right? Mm. How do you get a Bible if you're like a Native American? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And kind of talking about in the sense of like God will judge you according to his standards. Like we talk about the way to get to heaven, like, you know, you're judged according to the word. Mm. But if you don't have the word, you're judged according to God's standards. And that kind of goes into just the ingrained yeah. consciousness and the ingrained sense of morality that we have. And I feel like if you, even if you took away his word, mm-hmm. even just looking at the word, that kind of like what we said, yeah. getting connected to the word, it kind of like answers that yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, you are here. I, I, want, I want to kind of let you kind of, I want to guide, you know, kind of the, the idea here is, you know, I think. I think most people think, oh, you know, we have conscious, you know, we have consciences. So, you know, if you're not in step with with the ingrained morality, you could, you know, you could assume that, oh, yeah, you're gonna, you're going to feel bad. But, but that is not true, because I think from history we know that many people have done horrible and horrific things mm-hmm. and have felt zero guilt from it. You know, like Mayans sacrificed their firstborns. You know, and I don't think they had any sense of, of wrongdoing in doing that you know I think the idea is okay society has morals and and those morals sometimes can guide us and you know if you don't have a standard that's beyond society like the Bible if you don't have that standard beyond society then I think sometimes we can just go with the flow 
you know. But I think the idea that could bring humanity to the biblical standard, to the biblical morals, to the to kind of to be in step with reality, to what's good objectively, I think is the idea that you know sin is instinctively and intrinsically self-destructive. So the societies that would have you know bad morals at some point would corrupt themselves and end up collapsing. And then the societies that you know have good morals, let's say like the, the Western morals as humans are are kind of good and have value intrinsically, then those morals would rise because I think those societies would strive, you know, both economically and in like war periods. And I think that's when the morality would come back, but I think we'd also kind of lose a huge part of what it means to have a relationship with God. Because, you know, even despite the morals rising, I think there's a, there's a high chance, you know, like there's a high chance people would still not understand the idea of, of sacrifice that is so deep in the Bible and the idea of, of not being able to be perfect and not being, and kind of not being, you know, there's like from Christianity's perspective, you know, we're not saved by works. Um, think you know and would lose that you know and then if we reach an ideal morality standards then it would still be saved by righteousness and I think we'd lose that part so I kind of agree that yes we could reach that point where we go back to biblical morality but I think it will be Old Testament kind of old covenant instead mm -hmm. of the new covenant so that's what yeah. that's what my perspective is yes. so I think with that as well is I think I kind of, I think you've touched on it just a little bit, but yeah. a lot of it would be lost. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what's taught in the Bible would be lost, and that's just kind of going to go without saying. There's just things in the Bible that can only be taught through example and through words. Yeah. Um, and But if, Christ, if Christianity and just the Bible in general was to fall off the face of the earth, <laughs> and no, nobody remembered the history of Jesus, nobody remembered any of it, um, I still feel as if God's presence would find its way back into society. I mean, if you think about history, if you think about how the world has worked for thousands and thousands of years, people have always strived for a greater being. They've always strived for something to worship, whether it be the sun or some made-up God or, um, or a person, you know, whatever it is. Um, people have continuously search for something to believe in and um, whether they come to the consensus that it is the God that we praise today um, I feel God would make himself evident that yeah. he whether it be through nature as we mentioned earlier um, that people would know and be able to inherently tell as I'm sure many people who are listening to this now or even just in the world now inherently are able to tell that there is a much greater being out there yeah um that everything that is in the world today the grandness of it as archie was mentioning before but also the detail that's within that is not possible by any human means yeah um and only a greater being of immense magnitude and power could create this world and its many intricacies such mm -hmm. things as our emotions our feelings um, from our cells to the details and leaves and the colors and the sky mm. and how science works mm. with one another. Yeah. 
Um, there's just Six. no way that any human or any scientific anomaly out of randomness that it is could create the grandness and details of the world as it is. And I think people know that. Whether they like tell admit that to themselves, that's a whole nother question, a whole yeah. nother story. But I think par- people inherently feel a new pr- like a different presence not a new presence because god has you know been here forever but yeah. um but a different presence than what we're used to as yeah. what i feel with jude sitting across the table from me like yes his presence is there but there's another presence with us always and it's god's presence and i think people if they're given nothing they'll find something yeah, yeah. it's just kind of always been the way of the world to find nothing from something i mean for, to find something from nothing sorry my bad <laughs> dyslexic moment right there yeah. but um but yes so i think would we come to what we know today without the written bible without the written word yeah. i don't believe so uh, unless god said you know what, let me uh, magically poof in a Bible right here and all y'all suddenly know. You know, like, amen, God could do whatever he wants. He could totally do that. But if God were not to do that, if he were not to give us a written word or Jesus come back to earth, I feel we would lose a lot of that. But God would still work in people somehow um, because God is a miracle worker and we only have a fraction, a piece of what, we could possibly understand in this scenario. True. Yeah. I was I was thinking <clears throat> back to what Archie was saying too, like there's this <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm dying out here. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I was thinking about like innatism where which which proposes the idea that we come into the world with um, an inexperienced sense of knowledge. We come into the world with knowledge before experience. And I was thinking about how like morality ingrained within the body or at least morality ingrained within the universe, and I was thinking how maybe, you know, I, I mean, one thing I am thinking about and kind of do believe is like, like there, there is a way in the universe which is like the most efficient, which requires the least amount of energy, per- perhaps even in itself, the most ethical way is, is maybe even physically, like yeah. the, the way which requires the least amount of effort or something and path of least resistance path of least resistance yeah and it and it causes the least amount of entropy and and chaos yeah shabbat and and yeah i was just thinking about like maybe i mean it makes sense that order and actualization would be ingrained in our physical reality and if we were to walk in accordance with that principle we would we would find something and how societies risen and fallen are move into and out of those states and but maintaining it is just the thing that I was thinking about but yeah that's what I was just thinking yeah just thinking more about the question I've kind of thought about it in a new sense like let's say we take the bible away right <laughs> gone bible's gone Unalived. just <laughs> oh <my>. deleted <laughs> smited <laughs> whatever reason they got rid of it right <laughs> you know Alt F4. Either way, Alt F4, all of them. It makes me wonder, like, thinking back to the Old Testament, before they really had, like, a standardized Bible, yeah. like, like um, yeah. we had the Ten Commandments and things like that, would God be more present in our lives if we didn't have his word? Would we, some of the miracles that we see in the Old Testament, some of the things we see that happen in the Old Testament, like, 
God speaking to Moses through the burning bush. Oh, okay. Like, things would he like come that. down again kind of thing? Right, right. Would he, would he in a sense, come back down? That's a great you know? question. Like, then, literally, like, physically, or, like, however he comes. Yeah. Right, and we think about, like, the devil spreads sin. Like, the devil doesn't need a Bible to spread sin. Mm. You know, he still spreads sin. And if God wants that relationship with us, and the way we get that relationship is through, through his word, then I feel like, what if we would start having prophets again to spread the word? Wow. You know, what if one of us would be the next prophet? Yeah. I'm not saying that like in a sense of pride. Like, I wouldn't be a prophet. But it's like, yeah. In a sense, like, what if one of us would be that? Because I feel like God wouldn't let, like, God wants a relationship with us and he gave his own son for it. Yeah. He wouldn't let his word being taken away stand in the way of him having a relationship with us. I feel like he wouldn't just be like, all right, that's it. I quit. You know, I tried. That's it. You know, you guys suck. Stop killing each other. Yeah. I'm out. You know, like, I, I don't think he would do that. I gave him yeah. my son. I gave him my Bible. Mm. Got rid of those. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's done. Like I, I don't know what more to do. Like, yeah. Shoot, I forgot you know? about this universe. Let me go uh, back to this. Even then, something you said kind of stuck to me. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about like with, with the intrinsic morality, and you talked about like people who grow up like in societies like to do crazy things like mind sacrifices yeah. and things like that. And just, I kind of want to hit in the aspect of, like, serial killers and people who are, like, psychopaths. So, like, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin. One of the things that, like, if you study out serial killers a bit, which is something I did a little bit, like, researching into what makes serial killers serial killers and why we're so mesmerized by them, you know? Why are we mesmerized by something that's so evil? A lot of serial killers weren't born the way they are. You know, something had to happen in their lives to help them to change and develop into that course, you know, and and it makes me wonder. It's like, what would that be, you know? Like, what what would be the cause to cause someone to like go insane? Like, if we restarted the world, no Bible, you know, would sin still be there? Would like, would the devil still be active? Would he intentionally make people like that, or would God get in the way? That's a big question. Like, I feel like if you take away the Bible, you just fundamentally change the earth in such a new way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it is. It is. It's good in terms of, you know, like, you know, like it's it's only good one way. It's only good if, you know, because you know the Bible talks about you know the weight the 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 weight of the law. It talks about how once you know the law, then you're going to feel guilty because then you know what's wrong. You know, the law so makes that, you sinful. Yeah, the law mm-hmm. makes you sinful because you have the knowledge. You know, and then on the other side, if you don't know the law, then you're in bliss. You're like. You know what is is right. You don't know what you're doing. Kind of like a child. Yeah, yeah. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, you you have zero because because God, you know, by putting down the law, he's you know he's anticipating the consequences of your sin. Even though you can't see it, he's like, hey, you know, ahead of the road, there there's going to be consequences. So in that sense, you you're kind of doing things you don't understand the the ramifications. But you're also blissful. You're literally blissfully walking towards your death, you know. I would so. say blissful. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say like, ignorant. Ignorant. Not all ignorance is bliss. You're like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. walking towards it. So there's, you know, there's that side of it, you know. So it's, it's, you know, I think it's, I would rather know the truth, though. I'd rather know the truth, you know. Like, if, if your mask, like, do you want to blissfully, you know, be in ignorance and... You know, not know what you're doing. No, I, you know, want to know the truth. You know, and let the truth set me free. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you mind if I kind of like ask a question real quick? Oh sure. I want to answer one. Before. I want to yeah. answer this one before. And we're all looking at like settle down here. 
Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so I wanted to answer the question too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think one of the questions we're asking is, is one that like lies fundamentally at like the bottom of this whole thing called natural theology. The whole, the whole idea of natural theology um, is this, it's this branch of like truth-seeking, right, that a lot of Christians do, where they try and, or sometimes actually like Muslims and, and Jews do it too. Um, they ask the question, hey, you know, if we do um, like try and explore the world without looking at the Bible, um, without looking towards revealed truth, could we see the same revealed truths within the creation? You know, could we still see the same things even if we didn't have the book that told us? that um of course we're asking we're, answer, we're asking we're answering the question here some of us are saying no or some are saying yes some are saying yes and no um and i think what we're doing i think that's really interesting is that we're all answering that like at least some part of god is going to be evident within his creation you know um and we're saying you know through our conscience you know it's going to be evident there um kind of like what i was saying earlier through the beauty, I feel like, God is felt and experienced, you know, ultimately through that. Um, and um, um, some of us, you know, we're, we're all kind of saying, like, a different thing. Like, God can be experienced through different aspects of reality. Um, I think that also says that, like, those things, experiences don't necessarily even need to always have, um have come directly from reading the Bible. Like, a lot of these things that we're experiencing, we weren't talking about reading the Bible. We were talking about them just happening mm -hmm. simply through the fact of us being alive. You know, mm -hmm. we're experiencing God just by existing, you know? It's just happening, happening to us. Mm -hmm. You know, like, R2 with, like, inspiration. It's just something that, like, naturally happens. Um, and that's something that I would say, too. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that I would say to support this is, like, there's this whole philosophy um, that I would say that that was founded like a long time ago it's called Taoism it's, the word Tao means way it literally means way um, and I think that's really interesting because I think one of the ways that Jesus chooses to describe himself is also as way you know or path in other words mm -hmm. um, and this whole philosophy and as well as like other philosophies that people have created and other religions um, we, we tend to keep coming to like certain truths, certain realities, you know, even just by being alive, we realize like, hey, you know, maybe murdering someone isn't good, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, I'm just underselling it, you know, um, you know, loving someone, maybe that's a good thing, you know, maybe it's good to work as a community, you know, that's what the whole corporation system is built off of. You know, like, there are all these truths that we just keep gravitating towards that, like, are, in, in, in a lot of ways, God, you know? Like, they are His way. We keep wanting to go down that path. Or whenever we do go down that path, you know, we're empowered, you know? Like, um, and, like, um, it's just, it's just kind of crazy, you know? Like, at that point, you don't fully even have to read the Bible to experience that, you know? You just kind of do experience that by, fa by the fact of, um, thinking, you know, like as a philosopher, like you're just like, hey, I think this is true, you know, and then that's exactly what God said, you know, the same truth that a philosopher discovers is the same truth that is scattered throughout creation, you know, feelable throughout creation um, in a lot of ways too. Um, 
Yeah, and I even think like when you look specifically at like the sciences, um, you know, this is this is something that people are still talking about a lot today. Um, but when you look in different areas, we have all these questions. You know, what what the heck are the fundamental constants of the universe? You know, how the heck like what is the Gaia hypothesis? How do like how does evolution keep working in favor of life? Why doesn't all life just die? You know, like why does life keep living? Why is there this fire to keep going? How come life keeps evolving in a way that's most beneficial for itself? And it's like some something is being a caretaker. You know, even even non-Christians have have looked at this thing called the Gaia hypothesis um, in in theories of evolution, which and ask the question, you know, how does evolution happen in the way that it does? It seems like in order for a lot of these specific mutations to occur rather than other ones which could lead life in a completely different path towards complete self-destruction. Evolution could take that path. Mm. Um, and there's no reason, no, no logical reason why it couldn't or shouldn't have done that at various points throughout evolution. You know? But there's, like, there's all of these things, um, that, there are all these questions we could ask. Like, the universe could be all of these number of different ways, but for some reason it's not. And it's as if something or, you know, of course, someone is making it the way that it is. You know, like it could have been destroyed. We could have destroyed ourselves. All the badness of reality, you know, or all the chaos could just overwhelm and entropy could win and we could all be destroyed. But some, something, someone is preventing that. And there, there is so much in the universe moving towards entropy, towards destruction. But like something else is pulling us away from that and, and creating more order at, at, in all these different like dimensions of life. And you can look at it, you know, when you look at, when you ask a lot of questions in biology, people do. Uh, a lot of biologists end up becoming Christians um, because um, once a lot of, they keep realizing like, like, Sure, you know, like this, a lot of this stuff could potentially happen, you know, through natural processes. Yet the likelihood of a lot of these happening, and then happening subsequently, and then all of them happening throughout all of all of evolution, you know, it's like that just seems very unlikely. And I have to, I have to give a lot of answers that don't have evidence in order for me to yeah. to arrive at those conclusions. Um, and I think the same is true even when you look at like different theories. Like in quantum physics, I actually think it's true too. Um, and even in physics, like so much that underlies our universe is itself immaterial, non-physical. Um, and a lot of it is unexplainable when you get down to the, this, the most fundamental and, and um, in, a, in a lot of ways invisible um, layers of our reality. You know, the most, the most bottom layers of our reality, they're like... They're, they're like, they seem to be like governed by things that are outside of our understanding, you know, constants and um, like virtual particles, you know, um, and, uh, um, you know, even like the, the fundamental forces of nature are themselves like things that we can't observe. But there's just so much within our creation that like cannot or cannot or at least at the very least has not been explained. Um, by any th any assumptions or any theories within modern science, that's why there are so many problems and conundrums within or in dilemmas within uh, modern science, because there are so many questions that they simply cannot answer by the assumptions that they have. Like, yeah. and 
empiricism and materialism and naturalism. Yeah, and that that's getting a, that's doing a lot of name drops, but for people who have explored some of that um, or who want to explore further, you can look into those. Yeah. I love what you just said. I think yeah, definitely th there might be a little you know naturalism and atheism when everybody starts digging into science. But at the bottom of the cup, you cannot ignore like the spirituality that's there, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely think like it takes it takes a lot of assumptions about the universe to be a scientist. You must you must believe that the universe is orderly, that it's it's kind of consistent throughout the universe, or else you might as well give up, you know. But if there's different rules everywhere for every <laughs> atom, for every you know, un for every galaxy, then you you must avoid give up. But if you believe it's consistent there's order to the universe, then you're going to be a scientist and yeah. you're going to pursue the truth. So there's definitely, you know, a sort of spirituality that comes with, with science, you know, because mm -hmm. you, you have to believe that it's orderly and it's consistent throughout, right? So, yeah. yeah science that. has so many assumptions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Archie, did you want to ask a question, like a, like a final question? Oh, yeah, it was more of a question to Fabrice. It was something he said where he's okay. kind of like, he wanted to know the truth, right? You want to know the truth. And I was thinking about it, to a scripture, because Yasser just talks about it. It's better to be stillborn than to experience the pains mm. of the world. Right? <laughs> and kind of going into that sense, I was kind of like, I want to kind of hear your perspective on that. Not just in the sense of like, is it better to like, to like never experience sin, but it's just kind of like, just going back even to just in the garden, you know? Is it better to like, is it better that they ate, ate the apple and we get this whole experience and then get the knowledge? Or would it have been better to like, for them to just not eat the apple in the first place? Or is it better to just never have the knowledge in the first place and just be one with God? Do you either be one with God with knowledge or do you be one in God without knowledge and without suffering? Mm, yeah. I think, you know, one of the biggest, I think, things, that like one of the biggest reasons people are not Christians nowadays is because they don't realize their, their need for a savior. They don't think they're sinning, you know. And, you know, when you ask, like, is it better for you to not know anything, you know, I think, yeah, in a way, you know, it's better to be, you know, blissful and not knowing of your sin because it condemns you, right? It's kind of, you know, if you know the law, then you, you're in sin, so, you know. There is, I think, yeah, but also no, because then, you know, when you're not born, then you don't exist at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's actually yeah. real. That's actually real. Then, the, you know, is Adam Adam if he never ate the apple? Yeah, you know, and, you know, there's... I mean, it's hard to say because it was humans after the fall yeah. that were writing it, but then at the same time, it's like, well, they were inspired. Yeah. So it's just, like, weird. It's like this post-fall construction, but still in itself inspired by something which existed before the fall. So it's like, what the... Yeah. Also, the world is not consistent. You could be the most righteous person, as we see in Job, and have the worst time than anybody who has ever lived, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you could be like, you know, oh, what the heck, I might as well not be born, because, you know, I'm doing everything right. Mm -hmm. I'm the most righteous person, but still, look at all the pains I'm suffering. You know, it's better that I have not have been born. So, you know, that's where it comes to, okay... The world is complex, you know, only God can grasp it, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and yeah, I just, you know, it, it, I guess in short, then, you know, no, for me, no, personally, I'd rather, I'd rather suffer than, you know, not, you know, because I'd rather have the, the little moments of joy.
than have nothing at all because then mm. even it's not even nothing because it's not not nothing nothing you know it's mm-hmm. really non-existence you know which is very very sad you know yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. like drew kind of made me like i, I kind of agree with that but you kind of added like a new perspective in the way that i agree with that just kind of like you know humans are the humans if they don't eat the apple you know like are you really you if you don't exist because like what defines you as a person is going over your trials going over your suffering and like yeah. growing from your mistakes and then like one of the most exciting things about me is maturing is growing from my mistakes it's the period of growth that comes after creative suffering right. and just being like wow i went from this person to this person or sometimes you're an entirely new person due to some of the things you go to and that's such a great joy of happiness and it'd be cool to be like pick god's mind in heaven it's like what were you thinking when i was going through all this you know when i was praying and crying for help like what was like your solution to that things like that it'd be cool for him to be like ah i could have you know i could have helped you right then and there but then you never would have became this you never would have became yeah. that if it wasn't for that yeah yeah i i have um final thought and then we'll close out yeah we'll close out yeah i was thinking like Maybe at the cost of being, or at least perhaps as contingent beings that we fall into and out of creation, maybe it's that in order to be a being, we have to accept maybe finitude, and then, or I guess, I guess it goes into heaven, but at least in this initial first death, accepting finitude and suffering at the expense of being or something, I don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting, but... Like a hinge point of our of our existence. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Experience of the cause yeah. of finitude or something. I don't know. Being. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would maybe good. yeah, I think those yeah. are interesting perspectives, but I'd, I'd still maybe disagree with it. Um so yeah, thanks everyone for uh, coming and listening to us for our, uh, the third part of our first podcast. And uh, we hope to see you in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Peace, peace. Bye. <laughs>